welcome back our vice and our EP podcast. <laughs> Go ahead, bud. But uh, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex, episode number 201. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. And after that, I'm going to need a big ice cream cone because it's summertime. <laughs> and I think, you know, I know we've been running all these Star Telegram reader polls about the best hamburgers and the best pizza and the best this and the best that. But I think what everybody wants to talk about right now is ice cream because this summer we're all burning up. So our, <laughs> our, our guest today is Carrie Crow. She runs Melt Ice Creams. There used to be one Melt Ice Creams. Now there's um, now there's three. Uh, plus, uh, I, I guess there's four now. So uh, there's melt ice creams everywhere. You can get a lot of other places. She goes. She's going to tell us all about that. Uh, Carrie, welcome to the Eat Speed Podcast. Thanks for having me, you guys. When we had you on early in our 200 episodes, and you were a struggling little entrepreneur who you know, was just barely uh, drawing a little crowd to her little bitty uh, ice cream shop and a startup on the south side and. Now you're like Melt Incorporated. Tell us all about Melt Ice Creams. We have grown quite a bit since that first podcast together. Where uh, you you have locations now, of course. I mean, I think everyone's familiar with the location that's always busy on Magnolia, 1201 West Magnolia. But you're in Sundance Square and uh, Mule Alley in Dallas now. Is that right? Yeah, we have one location in the Bishop Arts area um, and then one in downtown Sundance Square, um, right next to Riata, and then our newest location um, is, is what you're showing on the screen, our Mule Alley location, um, you know, in Mule Alley, right right down from, from the Drover. Well, what are the cowboy crowds order at Mule Alley that's different from what the, uh, the hipsters on Magnolia want? You know, we carry the same ice creams at all of the stores, so we carry those same products, um, but we do see a different, different crowd. Uh, we have a lot of you know, there's a lot of tourism in um, the stockyard, so we get to introduce ourselves and introduce our brand to um, anybody that's coming through the stockyards, traveling and experiencing it for the first time and learning about the area for the first time. Um, so it's a really fun place to see um, different and new visitors every single day. A lot of people who grew up with Baskin Robbins and they go to those stores still now combined with Duncan or they... Uh, particularly in the stockyards, I bet a lot of visitors uh, are used to Brahms and going to Brahms for ice cream. Uh, what do you tell them is different? And talk about the super premium shops, the Amy's in Austin, and the places that uh, kind of paved the way for uh, places like Melt. Yeah, I definitely say uh, Amy's is super premium in Austin. And uh, we, we use a high butter fat in our ice cream. So we have a 14% butter fat. Um, and then we use the, the biggest difference between us and, say, uh, Baskin Robbins or Marble Slab is we take our, our dairy and our cream and um, we use all natural um, ingredients and we make our own products that go into those ice creams. So a lot of those ice cream shops, and there's nothing wrong with it, um, but the way that they produce their ice creams is they use um, flavorings or syrups that they pour into their ice creams. Um, and we like for the food to speak for itself. So we're using real peaches, real raspberries, real blueberries. Um, we're making our crust from scratch. Any of our inclusions that go into our ice creams, we're making that from scratch. We stay away from um, harsh food colorings. We use um, natural ingredients to flavor our products. So that's the biggest difference you're going to see with our ice creams. Um, and we want you to be able to taste the difference. So 
Um, I don't know if you've noticed, bud, but in all of our ice cream shops, we have closed dipping cabinets. Um, because we want the consumer, when they taste a sample of our ice cream, um, we want them to taste the flavor of what we're putting into the ice cream versus just visually picking it based off of uh, food colorings. Steve, I, it's the middle of summer as we're recording this episode 201. Uh, yeah, how much ice cream have you had already? Well, I mean, I haven't really had much yet, but uh, I, I was just talking to Carrie earlier, and she says I can actually order her ice cream off of uh, Amazon Fresh. So, uh, so I think uh, I'm going to order me a, a pint here real soon. So, uh, Amazon Fresh now is distributing milk. Um, if, if it's connected to a Whole Foods close to your region, um, we're in the 14 um, Whole Foods within DFW, and if if their store is an Amazon Fresh store, then you can get it delivered directly to your door through Whole Foods on Amazon Fresh. So that's straight to your door. And then what are the other, I know you have a dozen other options. I, I, I said that I go to Bonnell's where they sell pints of melt, uh, you know, with their family dinners. But also if you come up anytime, they'll sell you a pint of melt uh, out at the end of the tollway. You don't have to drive all the way into the city. But what are, what are all the other melt ice cream uh, options? Yeah, I mean, we're on um, the delivery systems like Faber and DoorDash. You can get it um, delivered if you're within the zip code, zip code of those um, things. Um, we're also in boutique grocery markets like uh, Myron Sage um, in Dallas. That's uh, our boutique partner there is Foxtrot. All of, we, the, the four retail stores, you can get curbside. Uh, we'll bring it out to you. Um, so you don't have to get out of your car. And then our events team, um, we have our, our ice cream truck. We drive that neighborhood to neighborhood, and you neighborhoods can book our ice cream truck, and we'll sell pints directly to you. So it won't be delivered to your door, but you can just walk down your driveway. So we think that's pretty good, too. Steve, what's your go-to flavor? Well, I, this was it, uh, a, a scoop of Texas, uh, we call it, uh, something Texas. Cup of Texas? That's our coffee mm. ice cream. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that that the uh, yeah, that's the one I like. Yeah. Yeah, we take freshly roasted coffee and we uh, steep our cream in the coffee mm -hmm. beans, um, so that we're extracting that flavor um, directly from the coffee versus using like a freeze dried coffee or a coffee extract or something like that. We want it to come directly from those coffee beans. It's peach season. This week is the Peach Festival in Weatherford. And uh, I know uh, one of your competitors, Carly's Custard on the west side, has their peach frozen custard now. Uh, you tell me what's coming up from you with uh, with peach. Yeah, so um, we like to um, we like to work with some smaller peach uh, purveyors, some, some smaller peach farmers. Um, and our peach farmer doesn't quite have his crop ready to go yet. Um, but what we'll do is a peach week, so it'll kind of be like a peach extravaganza. Um, and we'll drop a few different flavors that our culinary team has been working on. Uh, so right now they're working on our classic flavor um, that we have every year. It's called Peachy Keen. Um, and it's kind of like um, our take on a peach cobbler, like a deconstructed peach cobbler. Um, it's really yummy. And then we're working on a peach rosé sorbet um, to spice things up a little bit. Um, and then we're also working on some... Um, pepper and peach combinations. So you get a little spice from, from the pepper. Um, and then we'll see what else they dream up and uh, see what lands on the menu. But we'll have a full week and we'll drop those peach flavors. And then once we sell out of those, we're completely out because we are working with a, 
a farmer on the crops that they have and for those peaches. And so it'll be a limited amount of um, really, really fresh peaches. Um, and then when we sell out, we won't have any more. Steve? Well, uh, so we have some pictures of uh, some different uh, uh, ice creams you offer. What do we have here? Yeah, so um, we just dropped these flavors. Our current menu right now um, are, are have these, um, what we call our sometimes flavors. Um, so we have a watermelon sorbet. I mean, as we talk about the heat, um, I think it's one of the hottest summers we've had since 2011. Um, and so to me, ice cream is year-round a wonderful treat, but um, in these hotter days when it's over 105 degrees, sometimes the sorbet just really hits. So our watermelon sorbet is um, a really fresh and um, a sorbet that kind of really hits on a hot day. I personally, um, you know, I, I don't I don't say it's, it's not a bad idea if you take that sorbet and you mix it in a blender with a little tequila. Um we also have our uh, pineapple upside down cake. That's the one that has the cherries on it. Um, so there's some cherries in there, pineapple. Um, it's got really deep notes of uh, brown butter in, in that cake. Um, and then on the far left, we have a key lime pie. Um, so it's got some graham cracker crumbles in it and it's just really got a pucker forward key lime pie flavor. Um, and then lastly, we have our Texas butter pecan. So we use uh, San Saba pecans in that um, ice cream flavor. So we're using those Texas pecans. Um, and it's got a really um, just uh, a rich flavor to it. Um, it's also got a, it's got a brown butter throughout. Um, and I, it's one of our most popular flavors right now. Steve, I've got that pineapple upside down in a freezer right now because I'm, I'm, a, I'm really crazy for anything that's pineapple or pina colada or coconut yeah, but I also have some of the chocolate chocolate and that's a I think that's a non-dairy flavor I think it's a coconut milk flavor uh, how much of your sales now are, are non-dairy frozen dessert coconut milk or almond milk or you know a, how much do people want that well obviously the sorbets ices are so how much of your sales are, are non-dairy yeah I would say about 10 percent of our sales are are made up of non-dairy. Um, we call our vegan flavors or non-dairy flavors our plant-based flavors. Plant um, yeah, and so it's a, a little more friendlier in the grocery store when you're looking, maybe you're, it's a health-conscious decision or maybe it's a lifestyle decision with not eating animal products. Um, but yeah, that makes up around 10% of our sales now. Um, and it, I mean, it's really important to us to, for families uh, to be inclusive to families that has you know, um, a child or a family member that has um, allergies. We saw, we see a lot of parents come through our doors on date night who will kind of test it out to see if we really are allergy friendly, um, and then come back and bring their their kids uh, to to try us that have those allergies. So our staff was really um, spends a lot of time in training on learning how to combat allergens. Uh, They'll do specific things for families with allergies, like we'll take our ice cream spades and go back and wash those and put those through a sanitized process. And then they'll even open a new bucket or tub of ice cream. So there's just no chance of cross-contamination. So we take that really seriously. There are, there's just a lot of growing allergies in um, our country. And so 
Um, it's important to us that everybody be able to experience the joy and the happiness that ice cream brings. And um, so it's just been a, a focus of ours for the last few years. Well, a lot of people are rolling their eyes right now, but the, the coconut milk, almond milk ice creams or the coconut milk custard at Curly's almond milk custard. I mean, you know, those are, they're all really good. So you don't, don't, uh, you're missing out if you haven't tried it. I want to ask you about the business. We've seen ice cream places come and go and you've done great, but some of the uh, pop shops, we saw Steel City Pops that uh, I think is still around in Waterside, but has, has had some problems. Pop Bar came and went. Why do some places like you and Henry's and places like that uh, seem to be just booming businesses and others just uh, just kind of flounder around? You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I mean, I think um, some of those places you named weren't local places. They didn't necessarily have a, a large support of the community behind them. And, and then I think for us, you know, we have kind of an internal team that really focuses on the business side of things. And um, so we, um, we haven't necessarily grown outside of um, what we can handle. Um, and I think what I've seen from, from some of these um, brands that you mentioned uh, is they grew really fast into some real estate developments that um, were just frankly like incredibly expensive for the product that they sell. I mean, at the end of the day, we sell a $4 product. Um, and so you have to sell a lot of $4 products to make up the cost of your rent. Um, and so I think there's staying power with um people that are, are really focused on the numbers and focused on the business and how do we, you know, make the best product possible for our customers, but we, how do we also make um, a functioning, operate, operable business for our employees and our staff members? And so we've really focused a lot internally on, like, creating a sustainable business model um, and not just, um, you know, we don't have, I, th I think some of the other factors in that is if you bring on a huge investment team, um, you're really pushed to um, hit financial goals for them to make their, their money back. Um, and you, we've never taken on investment partners. Um, and so we don't necessarily have um, somebody behind us telling us we have to grow, 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 grow um, in order to hit those financial benchmarks, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's nobody making you open up a full cocktail bar with craft cocktails in order to drive more profit or anything like that. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. You're in you're in all the tourist areas that you know what's going on in the stockyards, what's going on in Sundance? How do you compare the the tourist scene in Fort Worth? Yeah, I mean I think you have different crowds in, in a lot of those places. Um the the, the the crowd that we see in Sundance Square a lot of times is convention traffic. Um you know, we did see kind of a slower bounce back to offices um, just because of the pandemic. Um, and so that I think a lot of people are still working from home and enjoy working from home. Um, but we partner with a lot of businesses throughout the Metroplex to offer to cater, you know, happy hours and things like that to their staffs because their staff is coming in the office and they need to incentivize and keep people excited and engaged in that. Um in the stockyards, I mean, just with the amount of um, money that has been spent on that development, um, I think there is this really fresh and fun energy down there. There's a lot to do. Um, there's a lot to participate in. There's a lot to see. Um, and we really see um, just a massive amount of foot traffic. And I, I think we're still learning, right? Because that 
we haven't been there. We've only been open for a few months there. So we're still learning what those traffic patterns are. Um, but, you know, relatively, we see a lot of families um, that are coming through visiting and learning about the history of Fort Worth and learning about um, the history of Texas through um, some of the different things they do. I mean, it's pretty amazing to see those cows twice a day, every day. Um, go to the stockyards and if you have family in town that's something you want to take them to see and do and it's so hot so why not get a, a fun frozen treat I'm sure you teach them all about the history of Fort Worth and ice cream and how when you eat a drumstick anywhere in the country the drumstick bar was invented in Fort Worth and this is the place that the, uh, the when you see the novelty drumstick that was developed and invented here that the cone was rolled in peanuts and chocolate and call the drumstick. That's one of Fort Worth's it gifts to the world. So we have our own little place in ice cream history. <laughs> we have our own little place in ice cream history. So Steve, do you have any more questions? Carrie, do you have any more ice cream news to talk about? Well, I wanted to find out what this sandwich thing is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we call that the Texas two-step. So that is our brown sugar oat pecan cookie with that Texas butter ice uh, Texas butter pecan ice cream. And then I think we also had a, some sort of strawberry shake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we started offering milkshakes um, in the last year, uh, which, I mean, I think when it's this hot, it's, it's a little bit easier to suck down a milkshake um, without it you know, melting all over your hands if that's something you're worried about. Um, and so this is just our strawberry milkshake, which is just really fresh and fruity. Um, we make a fresh strawberry sauce that goes in that. And we make that uh, our whipped cream from from scratch every every day, and so you're just getting a really fresh, yummy shake, um, you know, to pull you off in this massive heat storm that we're all living through. What about tequila? You mentioned something about tequila and the uh, <laughs> and the uh, uh, the the watermelon sorbet. You don't have. Steve would like to know more about tequila. <laughs> <laughs> you choose your own tequila, Steve. You make you bring it all. <laughs> you bring, bring your own tequila. Okay, I just double checking. <laughs> Carrie, what is the best place and time to beat the line? If people say I go to melt all the time, but the line's too long, uh, you know, what is the best place and time? Which location? What time of day? I went and I bought this pineapple. I went on. Uh, Sunday before the 4th of July on Magnolia about 4 in the afternoon. It was pretty slow, but where should people, what time should people come and beat the line? Yeah, so we typically form a line after dinner. Um, and so if you come right when we open, um, you come anytime after Which lunch. Which noon. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we open at 11 a.m. in the stockyards, um, okay. but all the other stores are at noon. Um, then you typically won't have to stand in line. Um, and then you can always order... Um, for pickup and not have to stand in line as well. So, and so just come anytime in the afternoon on Magnolia, park on the street, um, or do you have a lot around back on Magnolia? Or is it we do have a lot. We have limited parking uh, behind the store on Magnolia. Parking isn't typically an issue um, on Magnolia. There is a lot of spots. There is also a free garage not too far away. Um, and so there's, there's ample opportunity for parking. There's a lot of street parking that's still free on Magnolia. Um, and so it's, it's pretty easy to get in and out there. We also have ice cream cakes. I know I didn't send you a picture of that, Steve, but we've developed in the last year um, three different ice cream cakes that we always have available for um, celebrations and birthdays. And we have three different flavors, one of those being plant-based, dairy-free, um, 
So lots of different options. Man, that's just great. Steve, any other ice cream thoughts? I'm still stuck on that tequila, but, but, <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm going to get on to Amazon Fresh and see if they have the watermelon. Uh, I'm going to go down the street on Magnolia to Spice and get some of their Thai coconut ice cream and have some of that mixed with your pineapple upside down and make my own little pina colada. So it's going to be great. So, Sounds uh, great. It's going to be fantastic. Well, thank you for helping us feel cooler for a few minutes today. And we'll see you again a lot before the summer's out. Until next time on the East Beat Podcast, I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson.